The content of this podcast should not be considered financial or investment advice. All interviews and discussions are opinions only, and the podcast has been created without taking into consideration the listener's objectives, financial situation, or needs. Listeners should consider obtaining independent advice before making any financial decisions. Hi, this is Barry Fitzgerald, Garen Perro columnist for Stockhead. Welcome to another edition of the Explorers podcast. We've got another interesting one today, Xanadu Mines. The company trades under the code XAM or X-Ray Alpha Mike. It was last quoted at 4.2 cents for a market cap of about $48 million. Xanadu is a Mongolian-focused copper gold explorer. Now to tell us about the Xanadu story, we have with us today Colin Moorhead, Xanadu's independent, non-executive director. Colin is a well-known geologist who had long stints with BHP and Newcrest. I will get Colin to expand on his background for us in a moment. But first, I will just say by way of a brief introduction to the company that its flagship Armatai copper gold project is in the South Gobi region of Mongolia, about 420 kilometres southeast of the capital Ulaanbaatar. Mongolia is considered to be one of the last frontiers for big copper gold porphyry discoveries and I'm sure everyone is aware of the Oyo Tolgoi copper gold deposit that Rio Tinto is bringing up to full speed for the next 50 years or so in a joint venture with the Mongolian government. OT as it is known lies 120 kilometres south of Armatai. It is worth noting that Xanadu has been active in Mongolia for more than 10 years making it one of the few ASX or TSX juniors active in the country. And it's worth adding that while Armatai is the flagship, Xanadu has other projects in its portfolio, including Red Mountain, which secured an earning agreement with Japan's Jogmec, the group charged to secure that nation's raw material needs. Now, with that, I'm going to say g'day to Colin and welcome him to the show. G'day, Colin. G'day, Barry. Uh, thanks for that. Nice to be here. Good. Okay, Colin, it'd be great if you could just give us a bit of a, uh, a background on yourself and... Uh, what led you to uh, sign up with uh, Xanadu? Sure, Barry. I was a long-term uh, Newcrest guy. I was, I'm actually a foundation member. I was a geologist, graduate geo with BHP and uh, eventually floated through BHP Gold into what would become Newcrest. And uh, I had 20-odd years in the bush, uh, including stints as the chief geo at Telfar. Uh, I was actually the first chief geo at Cadia and went on to do Goswami in Indonesia. Uh, came back into a corporate role and finished my last eight years there as EGM uh, Minerals, which covered global exploration and development. Uh, I left uh, Newcrest in 2015 and joined uh, Indonesian listed company Medeca Copper Gold as their CEO. And I uh, led the team that built the highly successful Tuesday Book at uh, Oxide Gold Mine. Uh, and that's a, a gold cap to a deeper porphyry and uh, helped them uh, get the exploration going on that porphyry. Uh, came back to Australia and uh, took up a number of non-exec and consulting roles and uh, Xanadu was one of them. Uh, and what attracted me to, to Xanadu was the, was the nature of the, of the porphyry intrusive complex, which reminded me a lot of Cadia and uh, I felt that I could bring some value to that story. Right, okay. Now, 
Armatai uh, is considered already to be one, you know, an emerging world-class deposit. I think it's around uh, 600 million tonnes, uh, containing about uh, 1.9 million tonnes of copper and 4.3 million ounces of gold with a higher-grade zone. Um, I'm just wondering, that I take it, is the start of the story as far as you guys are concerned? Yeah, it's it's uh, these are interesting things. Uh, they're uh, unlike the the really young porphyries that sit around the rim of fire. Uh, they, they're long lived things that uh, uh, are, are truly complex. So uh, they've got potential size to them, uh, and uh, they they bear a few battle scars. Uh, so tend to be uh, uh, displaced by uh, younger faults and uh, take a little bit of working out, but. Yeah. Uh, I certainly saw the the potential here. the The system, the, the lease is is about ten k's by seven k, so it's you know seventy square k's, which is which is, and we have mineralisation over the, that entire strike length, which is about double the strike length of Cadia from from Cadia Rest at one one end to uh, Ridgeway at the other. Mm. So there's potential to fit a lot of copper and gold in that space, uh, and I felt that with a systematic uh, focused approach to exploration, we could we could unlock unlock that value. Uh, so we're not talking uh, one single deposit here. We're talking about a, a series of porphyries in within a defined sort of area. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, the the, the six hundred million ton uh, resource you spoke of is centred around uh, some open pitable resources known as Stockwork Hill, White Hill, and Copper Hill. Uh, they they were uh, the first discoveries and, and basically stick out of the ground. So uh, you can walk up to our crops and, and whack rocks with copper in them. Uh, and, and it was really the early uh, Ivanhoe uh, Turquoise Hill guys that came across and, and founded it and was one of their portfolio of targets. And Andy Stewart, our, our CEO, was one of the geos on that project. Of course, uh, history tells us that... Uh, the Ayutthaya discovery sort of became bigger than Ben Hur, and uh, Hamagtai was sort of uh, left for later on. And uh, uh, doesn't mean it's a worse uh, a worse district; uh, it's just further behind. So Xanadu's um, picked it up, and uh, we're systematically exploring uh, now. The the eastern half of the um, of the deposit is under, or the of the tenement, sorry, is under uh, shallow cover, so uh, it's it's masked the geochem and geophysics a little bit. Uh, there's clearly porphyry targets out to the east that are, that are basically only getting uh, first-pass drilling now. Now, um, strategy is very important uh, for when a company of Xanadu size approaches uh, exploration projects like this. What's the strategy? Do you, uh, are you pushing for an early development or is it let's explore this thing, this district properly and uh, just see what we've got? Yeah, listen, I think uh, I was asked to, to join and, and really think about that strategy. Uh, there, there had been, it be fair to say, some, some muddled thinking uh, around that uh, with a, a feeling that maybe we could do something with the oxide gold that, that uh, sits in the supergene layer above some of these porphyries on a small scale and maybe use that to fund our way into a, a large porphyry. Uh, which is clearly the strategy at, at, at uh, 2G Booker for Medeca. Um, mm. that, that's not possible at Harmagtai. At Harmagtai, uh, there is no epithermal gold cap, so to speak, identified yet. Uh, the gold we have there is supergene 
and therefore by its nature quite small. Uh, the, the strategy for us is clearly to finish exploring this thing and uh, map out the entire resource potential and hopefully uh, define a, a, you know, a world-class uh, porphyry system that includes some high-grade components to it. Uh, elsewhere, we're, we're, we're employing the same strategy at Red Hill, uh, at Red Mountain, sorry, and, uh, and our third project, Yellow Mountain, uh, which, is, which is yet to really get started. So uh, in a nutshell, our strategy is to find and define you know, world-class porphyry copper deposits in Mongolia. Now, we keep hearing uh, one of your old employee, uh, employers uh, talks about copper being the forward-facing metal um, and the price has uh, bounced from 250 a pound up to around 3 bucks a pound at the moment. Um, and uh, major companies around the world are screaming out for new projects. I was just wondering, do you get many approaches from some of the majors about uh, perhaps coming in to uh, help you with the project? Or is the intention to add value yourselves as you go up the uh, value chain? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question, Barry. The, uh, the, the, uh, the short answer is yes. I mean, uh, I think uh, at uh, exploration manager level, all, all of the uh, usual suspects are aware of this project. Uh, uh, the, the secret is, in my view, having sort of sat on the other side of the fence and, and done that job for Newcrest, um, mm. is to really look at, uh, deposits that differentiate themselves. Uh, there's a lot of undeveloped 0.4% copper deposits, porphyry coppers in the world. So uh, really um, you're looking to not only demonstrate the resource uh, potential, but also uh, things like strategic fit, political risk, uh, time to production, capital intensity, and those type of aspects. And, and in that regard, and I don't claim to be a Mongolia expert, but I did get up there before the world shut down. Mm -hmm. uh, Mongolia is, is actually quite surprising. Uh, not only is it is the South Gobi flat and relatively sparsely populated, uh, there is surprisingly good infrastructure in terms of uh, road, rail, power, uh, surprisingly good supply of groundwater. Uh, so a lot of the things that add capital, cost and uh, time to production that you would have to deal with uh, in other parts of the world are, are well looked after there. Uh, we're also in Mongolia sitting on uh, just north of the biggest customer in the world for copper. So I think in a number of ways, our magtai is, is well positioned. Uh, we do have a stated aim to grow the deposit towards a a billion tonnes at 0.5% copper equivalent. So that would be, in equivalent terms, 5 million tonnes of copper. And uh, our secondary aim is, is to have at least 100 million tonnes of higher-grade material in there that would allow a, you know, a starter pit or a, or a starter book cave to, to get going and, uh, and then unlock the, the rest of the value in, in the field. Okay. So uh, our, our job is, is really to position this asset, you know, to, uh, to, to differentiate it as, as, as an attractive choice. Uh, obviously, I've been involved in lots of porphyry developments and could build a team to take it through PFS and beyond uh, if required. But right now, we're, we're, we're just looking to uh, complete the, uh, the exploration phase and, uh, and see if we can, uh, we can attract some interest in the asset. All right. So to that end, are you drilling currently? 
Yes, we currently have four rigs operating. We did a successful raise recently, uh, which allowed us to get drilling again. Um, started with three, uh, felt that we, we probably should add a four free and get, get some good holes drilled before the winter sets in too badly. Um, uh, so we're up and running. Uh, we've effectively got two machines doing systematic step outs from known mineralization using our, our structural interpretation. And we have two rigs out uh, drilling undercover in the east, uh, testing uh, known porphyry centres for mineralisation. So it's a twofold tactics if you if you if you uh, take it that way. One half of our, our effort is systematic step outs. The other half is sort of more more greenfield discovery really. And uh, Red Mountain, a, a large uh, but underexplored porphyry district in itself, uh, and you've got the the Japanese on board there. What's the story there? Yeah, yeah, no, very uh, honoured that uh, Jogmec um, uh, chose to enter into a JV with us there. Uh, yeah, as you described them, they're, they're sort of the the uh, pioneers that look to uh, you know, get their their foot on uh, on uh, supply of products for Japan, and uh, they've uh, entered into a four-year, seven point two million dollar US. Uh, farming agreement with us to earn 51% of, of, uh, of Red Mountain. Uh, Red Mountain is a, is a, is a cracking uh, porphyry district in its, in its own right. It's, uh, it's got uh, lots of good geochem and geophysics on it. Uh, historical drilling uh, has, has some good grades there too. And our, our initial interpretation there is it's more like a North Parks environment with, with numbers of, uh, yeah, sort of finger porphyries uh, with, with tight, higher-grade uh, potential uh, around those porphyries than what you see at OT and, um, and Hamagtai, which is more uh, huge tonnages of, of, of moderate-grade mineralisation. Mm. So we, we've got in there, we've uh, done a big geophysics program uh, great success actually we did CSAMT in fact it was so successful we took that crew back to Hamagtai and did CSAMT there as well and that maps out the structures and the intrusives quite well and we're using that to improve our, our targeting and we've uh, we've just finished a program at, at Red Mountain with two rigs uh, and assessing that data and we'll be uh, going back in there uh, very shortly to, to drill again. Mm, okay. Um- Oh, I should just check. Are you guys managing that exploration at Red Mountain, or is uh... yeah, we are. We're the manager of both programs, and I must say that Mongolia's handled the COVID situation a bit like WA. They've basically uh, managed their borders very closely, and their internal economy is wide open, and uh, we've had no problems whatsoever with COVID and managing operations uh, in Mongolia. Touch wood. Uh, <laughs> And uh, the, the industry's done a great job of training, um, you know, drillers and, and geos and, and, and the, peop- the people you need to provide the talent to execute safely and efficiently. Mm-hmm. So uh, while it's not ideal, you know, we're doing lots of Zoom meetings, but the guys on the ground are empowered and uh, capable to, to execute quite well. Now you uh, touched on uh, Mongolia's uh, politics economy a bit earlier, but... We all know it to be a young and uh, vibrant, and I, I say very vibrant democracy. Uh, there was a recent election. Was the outcome good for foreign mining investors? Yeah, listen, I think it was. The uh, 
the uh, ruling government was returned in a, in a quite a strong result, uh, which which gives us stability. Uh, they've just also been uh, local uh, area elections where uh, down in South Gobi the government did change, which means the sort of the, the people you're dealing with locally are all changing at the moment. But uh, that you know the I think there was two key issues around around. Uh, uh, at a federal level, if you like, the one is sorting out the the problem with Rio and and Ayutthaya, and uh, uh, my understanding is that will get resolved uh, sooner rather than later. Uh, and the second was with air quality in, in UB itself. Uh, their, their sole source of power is is coal fired power stations, and mm-hmm. uh, the air quality and everybody burns coal in their little uh, gurs. So uh, you get this Paul sitting over the city, and, and that's quite a political issue. But uh, I, listen, I think um, you know uh, Mongolia is a very strong uh, mining country, uh, well-educated people. A lot of their GDP comes from mining. They've got well-educated uh, people, and uh, I think that, uh, that that that's recognised. Uh, I suspect if Mongolia government had its time again, it, it would do a different deal with Rio. Uh, but uh, I would think that, that that situation will get resolved quite soon. Mm. Well, I hope it does. Yeah. And at this stage, uh, ownership of your projects, um, I think, uh, is, uh, Hamaji, is 87% thereabouts, is it? Yeah, there's, there's some minority interests. Uh, Mongol metals, which is effectively us, um, hold Solis and, and Xanadu has been earning into a uh, 90% position. The uh, other partner is the Kerry Group, who have 10% free carry to the decision to mine. So, uh, you know, we're, we're having discussions with uh, all of those minority interests to uh, see what we can do to, uh, to uh, clean things up and make things a bit more simple. But in, in, in raw terms, we're, we're working to a 90% position there. Uh, one of the fascinating things about the company, of course, is that it's got one of the biggest resource bases on the ASX and clearly not reflected yet in the market cap. And just uh, by the by, um, I've just realised that the resource that you have stated to date uh, matches pretty much matches uh, the Wenu resource Rio's outlined to date at its, uh, sorry, Rio's outlined at Wenu in uh, the Patterson province of WA, obviously not a porphyry, but similar scale and got everyone excited. What is it about uh, Xanadu slash Mongolia that seems to be holding back valuation for the company at the moment? Well, listen, it's interesting you draw that parallel to uh, to Winu and, and there's also hot chilies thing over in uh, Chile. Uh, I, I think that, you know, when you compare us on an enterprise value per, per pound of copper, we are very cheap. Uh, I think there's, there's a couple of reasons for that. Uh, one is... Um, uh, you know, the effectiveness of which we've communicated, the uh, the nature of the resource and, uh, and, and its potential uh, and working very hard on improving that situation uh, with, with good benchmarks and comparisons across the industry. And second, there, there are some perceptions, some of them real, some of them just perceptions, about the risk associated uh, with Mongolia. Uh, as a guy that's got scars from Indonesia, Papua New Guinea, and, uh, and, and similar places, I, I think I think Mongolia is a walk in the park. But uh, uh, 
it's uh, yeah, there's perceptions of political risk, particularly around the sort of uncertain fiscal regime uh, in in Mongolia, uh, which is something at an industry level uh, we're trying to sort out. Mm. Um, but uh, I, I think you know the secret is you know, let's make it a compelling story, and then people will get past that and uh, mm. see for what it is. Yeah. I must say, um, I'm in Melbourne lockdown as, well, emerging from Melbourne lockdown as uh, you are. Um, haven't had a haircut yet, but I can tell you my uh, hairdresser's been long in the stock for five years, so he's going to be excited to hear what you're saying there. I'll let him know. <laughs> <laughs> now, um, now, so just to wrap it up, bring it all together, as it were, um, what should investors look out for, say, in the next three, six months? Okay, so in terms of news flow, we've... We, we... We've got uh, those four rigs drilling. Uh, you'll see you'll, you'll see a quarterly come out shortly. Uh, I'm I'm seeing the uh, the story starting to evolve. My geos are very excited, but it's mm. it's uh, we need to translate that to uh, good drill results and uh, and resource growth. So uh, I would be uh, looking for news flow around drill hole results in the December quarter and. Uh, We'll look to update our resource uh, estimates and uh, and uh, yeah, tangible uh, development type scenarios uh, in the new year. Right. Okay. Well, there we go. Uh, everything uh, minor uh, investors in the junior space want to hear. Um, prospect of good uh, drill results coming up, uh, followed by resource updates, and uh, we're talking big projects in. Uh, one of the last frontiers for big copper gold discovery. So, Colin, thanks for your time today. Fascinating story and uh, wish you all the best with it. Thanks very much, Barry, and I uh, hope we can get out of jail soon. <laughs> <laughs> That's not wrong. Thanks. <laughs>